Hello and welcome back to the Guns on Pegs podcast. My name is George Brown and I'm the editor at Guns on Pegs. I'm joined as usual by my co-host Chris Horn, managing director of Guns on Pegs. Right, Chris, the season has started, kind of. <laughs> are we are we talking about what date it is today? Because it uh, it kind of references what you just said. So it's the it's kind of the excitable eleventh, isn't it? Right now, it's not, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not the glorious twelfth. It's the it's the anticipation of that day. Uh, yeah. But... So by the time this goes out, <laughs> some people will have been out shooting live game. That is assuming... Not, not many, though. Yeah, I was going to say, that's sort of what I meant with the sort of, because there's not a lot of grouse around. But um, yeah. so a few fortunate souls will have been out there. Very few. I tell you what, if you if you pop down the pub in a couple of weeks' time and someone's there saying that they've just been grouse shooting, they're going to get mobbed, aren't they? How is it? How is it? What did you see, apart from nothing? Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, we've heard some people say that it's it's one of the worst seasons that they can ever remember. Pretty awful stuff, really. Um but without going to make it too serious, obviously it has a huge impact on a lot of others. Um, but thoroughly disappointing, considering that this season has got to be the most anticipated season I can ever remember. Yeah, I've certainly got that feeling, you know, at the game fair and over the last week or so, it feels like people are starting to get properly excited. Yeah, I, I think that once everyone's been out, or once the majority of those that shoot, a bit like the R number with COVID, once they've all been out once, it sort of spirals on... <laughs> <laughs> they all infect each other <laughs> with shooting excitement yeah exactly that <laughs> speaking of excitement i've been excited for this episode for a while so chris why don't you tell us who our guest is today our guest today is one of the co-founders of the much talked about online field sports competition platform tweedle he is one of the most enthusiastic people i know when it comes to shooting and or beers. <laughs> so uh, he launched the uh, business, obviously with his business partner, less than a year ago, which seems absolutely mad and, and an absolute credit to you. Uh, so a huge podcast welcome to Sam Hargreaves. Brilliant. Thank you very, very much for having me on, chaps. Um, I feel a bit privileged and honoured as a as a very keen listener to be tuning in as a, as a you know part of it. So thank you very much for having me. Well, it's, it's really good to have you with us, Sam, and uh, it's exciting to have you on, but also, as we'll get to later in the episode, we've got some really exciting news to share as well. Yeah. Um, but let's not hang about. Um, as Chris suggested, uh, we all like a drink. So, Sam, what's that you're drinking today? Yeah, so obviously, avid listener, sort of listen to everyone that comes on and explains why they're drinking what and it was sort of a bit of a thing that I thought flipping heck when you asked me to come on what am I going to be drinking today because generally as Chris has alluded to anything wet is normally is is normally enough um but I've actually chosen a drink that reminds me very much of my granddad who was an awesome bloke a businessman and occasional shot and it's a trinity which is a mixture of straight gin, uh, dry vermouth, and red sweet martini. Oh, and my wow. granddad used to have one every evening coming in from work, straight. But I've actually dropped a bit of tonic in it just to, just to take the edge, <laughs> and it's actually very nice. I was going to say, it sounds like absolute rocket fuel. It is, mate. It is. Yeah, it is rocket fuel. So, yeah, that's why I'm drinking that, because it reminds me of my granddad. Well, that's very cool. We love a we love a story with each drink, and a, especially a heartfelt one. I like that. But uh, you've you've <laughs> you've set yeah. yourself up a heartfelt story, but some rocket <laughs> fuel at the same time. So well done. Yeah, 
at 4, 4 p.m. on Wednesday evening. <laughs> you can't call it evening, can you, as well? It's definitely afternoon. Afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to call it evening to make myself feel better. <laughs> Very true. George, what have you got? Well, I mean, it's funny how these things happen, but um, I've broken from the from my tradition of drinking whiskey, or at least to begin with, and I've got a glass of red wine. And the reason for that is because it also reminds me of my granddad, uh, sadly now deceased. But um, I was thinking about sort of my early days of shooting, and one of the things that we used to do, and he wasn't really a, a, a big game shot. Um, it wasn't really his thing, but he did farm in Norfolk. And I remember this sort of farm boxing day shoot that we used to go on and sort of a bit of a walked up affair with, you know, practically every bloke who worked on the farm and the entire house party with all my uncles and aunts and cousins and all the rest of it. And it was mayhem. And I think the bag was typically about a tenth the size of the number of guns. Um, and it was just a, just a memory that came to me the other day. And then I spotted this wine, which is a particular favourite of my grandfather's. Uh, in the supermarket the other day, and I thought that's absolutely perfect. So it's a South African red, Rustenburg. Um, he had a bit of a thing for South Africa, um, and uh, yeah. So I'm having a glass of that, and then I'll see how I get on. I've still got quite a lot of the bottle, uh, but I might move on to a whiskey later on as well. That's awesome. I wish we know we known where we were doing a sort of grandpa tribute episode. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I know. Yeah, it must be something in the air. Well, my grandpa likes very average whiskey, so uh, it would have been very easy for me to join the party with that one. <laughs> um, I, wa- <laughs> yeah. I, wa- I once went round to his after, uh, I can't remember what it was, for a bit of a gathering, and I took a nice bottle of Johnny Walker Blue Label, and he, after a couple of glasses, refused to drink it and wanted his famous grouse, and I was uh, particularly disappointed, but uh, hey-ho, each their own. Um <laughs> So the the drink I have, um, I, I've i stolen this drink, uh, which is why I've got it on this podcast, just to, to make it clear that I've stolen it, um, <laughs> because uh, Ian Bell, um, who was a guest earlier in the right at the start of this series, um, so he had this drink, which is uh, the Sheep Dip Amber Ale uh, from Plain Ales, just on the edge of Salisbury Plain, or right in the heart of Salisbury Plain. Um, this was the drink he was drinking, and he said in that episode uh, he's going to bring a crate uh, for the winner of some tickets to the party uh, at the game fair, which obviously we'll, we'll probably come back to in a minute, uh, which was duly done. But before we gave away the prize, I took two bottles out of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they taste really good. And I'm having one of them now, and halfway through this, I'll open the second. <laughs> They probably taste even better for having been stolen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Especially as Ian hosted a lovely party. Uh, the, well, Bass did at the game fair. Um, he's an absolutely awesome guy. I think Ian's a great guy. So um, huge thank you to him for coming on the pod, hosting an awesome party at the game fair uh, and bringing these beers for that competition winner. Uh, and obviously now I'm saying thank you uh, for them in a different way because I've stolen two. So cheers, Ian. <laughs> I think it's a very well, brave admission. At least it's made for a good story. Indeed. Yeah. Um, hopefully he'll listen and I'll get a message from him in a couple of weeks. <laughs> now that we've all got a drink, I think we'll do uh, Whose Bird Is It Anyway? So, Sam, I'm sure you know because you listen to the podcast, but for anybody new to the podcast, this is the section where we ask our listeners to send in their sort of uh, shooting queries and quandaries and dilemmas and all that sort of thing. And we try our best to... 
help them out with what the correct course of action is or should have been or whatever. So this dilemma is uh, the final piece of the Game Fair Party aftermath that I just trailed at the end of the last episode. As usual, we're keeping the author anonymous. So this time I'm calling them Rodney. (laughs) Now, Rodney writes, After weeks of anticipation and planning, the weekend of the Game Fair had finally arrived. My dad and I had been eagerly awaiting this moment. We set off from our small village in the heart of North Yorkshire to start our 185-mile trip down south. The three-and-a-half-hour journey to Ragley Hall breezed by as we sailed through the early morning traffic. The game fair is amazing, looking at all the brilliant guns, watching the clay shooting and so on. Worth the trip down, I'd say. Then the main event came, the podcast party. We went to our overnight accommodation, which a family member had kindly booked for us. We went down to check in and freshen up before the event, only to be met with the words, Sorry gents, you don't have a room booked with us. Followed by, Oh, unfortunately, you're booked in for tomorrow night instead. And, No, we have no rooms left for tonight. This put the evening in jeopardy. But in true Yorkshire spirit, we decided to scrub up and get changed in the car park of the hotel and go to the party and drive home after a few hours. However, upon arrival at the party, that didn't happen. After meeting some famous faces and enjoying a few drinks, the beers kept on flowing and the night grew longer. Now the prospect of driving driving home had gone, as we were far too intoxicated, and with nowhere to stay for the evening, we turned to our trusty yet uncomfortable pickup truck and its half-reclining seats to save the day. We'd just sleep in the truck in the car park. (laughs) Oh, the lengths we'd go to for the party of the year. Now the question. Do we dare tell the person who booked our accommodation that they booked the wrong night? They were confused why we spent most of the following day asleep and grumpy. They'd also spent a fair wedge of money on the hotel for the both of us, and we didn't even use it. What do I do? Oh, dear. Good on them. That is a sticky one. (laughs) Yeah. So I think there's an important piece of information missing here, right? Which is, did they give the family member the wrong date or is it the family member's fault i want to know whose fault it is because i don't think we can say can we well i think i think they i judging by the tone of this this email letter uh postcard whatever it was uh that um that they they gave the right date and this is a family member slip up um i just i mean they've done very well to not mention it so far that's the key thing here i mean if you Absolutely. if you were going to mention it 10 a.m on sunday morning would have been about the right time wouldn't it in a fit of rage yeah. any <laughs> time after that you you sort of you claw him back aren't you yeah exactly but yeah definitely so as soon as you saw them in the morning it'd be thank you for that i've got a crick neck now after drinking a gallon of ale and sleeping in my pickup but fair play. Um, Sam, were know. you sleeping on the stand at the game fair? Or did you have a campsite spot? No, I had a campsite. I had a camper van behind the stand. So, yeah, oh, not quite. Posh. Yeah, well, you know, not. Yeah, I probably. Yeah, I'm glad I did put it that way. Three After three days, you, you need a bit of comfort, don't you? But no, there was. It could have, it could have knocked me up. There was a spare bed. There was a spare bed. No good. No good to be telling him that now. Oh, yeah, they, they should have probably told us because we probably we could have got on the microphone at the party and asked uh, if yeah. anyone can put these listeners up. 
that if if they if this quandary had come out earlier, we might have been able to help. Now we're just talking about whether they whether they sort of cause an internal family argument or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think fair play to them, though. I mean, not only have they driven a bloody long way to come to the party, but then to have not bailed out when they realised they didn't have any accommodation and then to have bitten the bullet and slept in the pickup. Yeah, I think to, to oh, they've not, done incredibly well. Yeah, to so have not bailed out when they realised they didn't have any accommodation, but then to say, oh, it's all right, we'll go to the party and then we'll head home was a pretty, you know, there was no, there was no way they were getting out of that party you know, eligible to drive a vehicle on the road. That was just a bad assumption of what was going to happen. <laughs> just by inhaling the air around you, they would have been drunk anyway, wouldn't exactly, they? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I think that they, uh, they've got to continue doing what they've done already, which is, which is very noble of them, <laughs> uh, and therefore gets them into the most noble order of the garter. See what I've done there? Nice. Uh, and um, I think they've got to continue this for one reason, that... If they, uh, if they want to, uh, and I wouldn't say this is a very grown-up thing to do, but put it up your sleeve. Next time you need someone to drive you for a party, just bring it out then. Say, look, you booked us the wrong night. <laughs> we had to sleep in the car. You can drive me home. Yeah. Um, it depends how sort of aggressive you're feeling in your negotiations. Yeah, it depends on which family member it is as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. If it's the mother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Do, do, Sam, do you go and ask your mother-in-law to book you uh, hotels for the game fair? That... <laughs> no, no. That's not a discussion we've had, no. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So I don't think it will be. Um, but yeah, well done to them. Uh, that's, uh, that's sort of dedication to the party, really, getting involved. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So I think that's the solution. Again, another one ticked off. We're doing, you know, we haven't had any where we've not been able to provide a solution. So I think that's good. Um, but we've got another bit of correspondence that um, that made me chuckle. And I don't know if we're going to have such a lot of agreement on this one. Um, again, <laughs> this person's asked to remain anonymous. Um, and uh, they reckon they've got a bit of an unpopular opinion that they wanted our input on. Uh, so I'm going to call him Torquil. <laughs> and uh, he says, in short, that uh, he thinks that people who turn up to shoots in shiny new Range Rovers are a bit naff. He says, and I quote, that he immediately marks them down as a bit nouveau and as people who probably don't know what they're doing. Debate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what What do you guys make of that? Sam, you're up. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I see what... I, I can, I, <laughs> I can see where he's coming from on that point. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know people that go shooting with nice shiny Range Rovers and I know people that go shooting in clapped out pickups. So um, just take them on face value and a handshake. That's one way to judge them. When they get in the shoot shed and they come around and they shake your hand, then you'll find out if they're a bit nouveau. That's what I say. Or you do, uh, if you don't know what car they've turned up in, you, you sort of have that moment where you shake everyone's hand and then you play guess the car in your mind afterwards. That's yeah, that's outside. a good point, yeah. <laughs> but that's a really interesting dichotomy that Sam brings up, right? So, Chris, would you rather turn up to a shoot in a battered old Toyota Hilux or a brand spanking new shiny black Range Rover with blacked out windows? 
Um, I'm absolutely in the Range Rover camp, 100%. And you can judge me as much as you like. I simply don't care. Um, basically, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've been on enough shoot days being cold and wet in driving gales when getting into the Range Rover with a heated steering wheel, heated seats, just full, like just really nice comfort is is so needed when it's you know when a day is going really bad and like let's say you draw a really bad peg as well that those moments really help now i'm a lover of a gun bus too so for me it's like either really smart car or gun bus i don't don't see the need for like a really average car in the middle like let's all get in the gun bus if you're gonna go an average car like it's much more fun being in the gun bus or luxury do you not think it's like economy or first class i don't want to sort of have something you know just let's go big or go home or don't do it I mean, I, I'm still, I'm, I've not yet, I've not, I've not yet promoted to the Range Rover Club or luxury vehicle. I still clap around in an Isuzu D Max, and I have to say, on a wet day in the shoot season, it's not. It soon steams up, and that is when you are wishing you were in a Range Rover. But yeah, listen, I'll take the Range Rover as soon as I can afford one every day of the week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would add, Sam, I don't own a Range Rover. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I've got a Volvo XC60. I'm not exactly that fancy at all. Uh, but the th- point is, if someone else is in a Range Rover and they're offering you a seat, I'm I'm jumping. Yeah. I'm I'm straight in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the sake of balance, I mean, I've got to say that I come down on the battered old farm pickup truck side of things. I'd rather be in one of them. Um, well, why is that, George? Though uh some misplaced sense of um belonging uh sort of rusticness the, i think the smell of sort wet of spaniel yeah about <clears throat> how you feel exactly grassroots i want to be able to get in without having to worry about the mud on my boots yeah it's a good point yeah i do t- i understand that too i don't know it depends i once got on a shoot once with a friend who had a stretch range over with a fridge in the middle uh, <laughs> two back seats <laughs> Now that is nouveau. that is so nouveau. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a long wheelbase Range Rover and a fridge in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I must say, it made the day quite that fun. That does sound epic, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness me! Um, but listen, I like this as a game, Chris. I don't know about you. I want more unpopular opinions. Yeah, I, I think I think it's got legs. Um, I think it should become a feature. You're right. Yeah. So if you've got a, a controversial opinion, uh, send us an email, pod at gunsonpegs.com. Uh, and uh, if we use it, we'll get you some garters in the post. Sounds good. Sam, have you got a controversial opinion you'd like to add in at this point? Um, just put me on the spot a bit. Um, no, not yet. With that, I'll just have to, th- I'll have to think it through so I don't upset anybody first. No, I'll email Lynn next week. <laughs> <laughs> great okay so chris we've got one more email yes we do we've also got a correction to make so if you recall in episode five we shared a story from heinrich who was asking about the etiquette of lending his family heirloom purdy to uh an, an inappropriate person uh he's written black to clarify that the guns were made in the 1930s not the 1830s as we read out uh, he says it was a typo. We'd obviously then had a big debate because George knew his Purdies. Um, but that also made me think, George, uh, if his guns are in the 1930s, not the 1830s, is he a bit nouveau for you as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hammer, gu- hammer guns only. 
Yeah. So, uh, hey ho, I'd take a pair of 1930s Purdy's or 1830s, not complaining. Indeed. Right. So, Rodney and Torquil are now members of the most noble order of the Garters. Uh, so, if you two have a shooting confession, a quandary, or a query that you'd like us and our next guest to help you with, or if you've got an unpopular opinion and you want a set of Garters, drop us an email to pod at gunsonpegs.com. And if we use it, uh, you'll get your Garters. Um, right. Sam, uh, I think for the benefit of people who are listening who might not have come across yeah. Tweedle, could you just explain what it is and how yeah, it of works? Course. Um, so, yeah, Tweedle is uh, a competition company that um, Dan Collinson, a friend of mine, and myself set up um, in February last year. And we basically showcase field sports prizes shoot days we do shotguns uh cartridges uh more recently we did a land rover defender um and basically we upload it onto our website there is a set amount of tickets available for each competition uh that are generally around the 10 pound mark each person can purchase up to 25 of those each and then we do a live draw on our facebook and instagram that people can interact with and watch us do live uh, to select the winner using a Google random number generator. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what Tweedle is. That's what we do. As I say, we, we launched in late February, and since then we've had over 60 winners. So um, it's going really well, and we've, we'll just keep, keep the prizes pumping out and keep the winners being made, really. It's, it's, it's resonated incredibly well with people, hasn't it? Um, I can't believe, um, you know, the sort of explosion onto the scene you've had. I mean, how have you done it? Yeah, I mean, people keep, people like regularly say that and sort of make reference to, you know, how we're everywhere and people see us everywhere. And it's quite humbling to hear. Uh, obviously, I'm working on it day in, day out. And so it's not, it doesn't feel that way. It's obviously nice to know we've had a good impact and people are talking about us. But I mean, how have we done it? It was just more. Um, you know, I've been a consumer of shooting all my life um, through the social media. You know, I've been followers of yourselves, Guns on Pegs, for years and, you know, the, all the main YouTube channels. And I just had a bit of an idea of how we wanted to go around it. Um, and, and yeah, good good content, good, good social media um, presence. And I think as well, lockdown, there wasn't a lot going on in the shooting world during lockdown, especially... Over Christmas, we were in and out of the season. You could shoot one week, you couldn't shoot the next, and um, so that probably helped us a lot. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to really put into one sort of term how you know how we've done it so fast. I, I don't know. Um, I'm you know I'm just really grateful that it has worked, and and um, you know I'm on this show. Really, it seems a bit bizarre that I am, but yeah, it's all good. You, you're. Uh... Your, your bits you do to camera on uh, on social media when you're announcing the winners are very good. It seems like you're in your element at that point. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think that's quite engaging for others. They, it feels very genuine and it and it feels like uh, it feels like, you know, the people the people running this are, are, are one of us type thing. So uh, I, I'm sure that helps. Yeah. that Like I say, I have, you know, social media has been a big part of of my life, you know, we, I used to do a bit in nightclub events and a few bits of like that and, uh, doing a bit of business here and there. And, 
you know, I'm always been aware of what I what I bode well to and videos and just interaction like I try and put out there is what I you know, that's what I respond to well. So that's what I've been trying to do really. Um and yeah, I remember doing the first videos and I watched I watched one back actually the other day, one of the first live draws and I was visibly nervous. Um I've sort of just had to get used to it now and uh it's 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 part of the job really. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that listening back to old podcast episodes, which I've done a couple of times, and you go back and you think, "Oh God, the sounds awful," and you can tell that I'm yeah. reading that out, and "Oh God," but uh, <laughs> yeah, you do get used to it. Um, but Sam, you've had some pretty amazing prizes up for grabs, right? You know, pegs on big days, accompanied by you know big names in the shooting world. So, which competition is the one that's been sort of the one that where the tickets have just flown off the shelf. Yeah, we've probably had about three or four that have all gone within sort of less than twelve hours. Um, what the first very first few we did were very very well you know well received, which was amazing because we didn't have that much of a following. Uh, but once we got going, I, I remember we did. Um, I went to see Paul at Game Ball who very kindly sort of accommodated us as a new brand, which was amazing. Um, and we went to the factory. We did a quick video, um, Paul and I, and we, we gave away – It was well, we didn't give it away. We did a, ran a competition for 10,000 cartridges um, of the, the Black Gold um, Dark Storm and, yeah, launched it at sort of 5 o'clock that evening – went to bed and woke up and it had completely sold out and there was you know 11 1100 tickets i think and i was just like paul rang me in the morning he was like flipping out you know i was like i know well obviously paul wasn't that astonished he knows he knows how popular the game Boy brand is but yeah it was that was amazing um uh there was another one with andy crow which which was a, a shotgun five thousand cartridges and a day on the Stay on the pigeons with Andy, and that again just went in sort of ten hours or something daft. So amazing! I saw the pictures from that the other day. Yeah, the winner actually went on it on Sunday. Yeah, they shot two hundred and twenty-five pigeons on Sunday, so he was over the moon. Um, yeah, he won it. So on uh, the day that this podcast goes out, I'll be having dinner with Paul uh, from Game Boy in Hull, having a right old booze up, which we do probably a couple of times a year nice. uh, so it will definitely come up then but i'm really i'm really glad to um to hear that you know brands like game board embraced this uh and obviously taken part and you know it's, it's good to hear that it's paid off um but yeah i mean a, a day on the pigeons with andy crow i mean andy crow's got a huge following hasn't he i'm not surprised that this sort of stuff goes you're just you're leveraging what people already love and, and giving it to, the chance for them to have it for a tenner i mean it's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a cliche word, but or, or a phrase, but it's it's those money can't buy things. Obviously, money can buy ten thousand cartridges, and you know, money can buy a peg at the brigands for you and a friend. But it, I know from experience and being a shooter myself, I, I'd be years and years down the line before I could even fathom, you know, a day shooting at the brigands or purchasing ten thousand cartridges outright because it just you know, all these things and, you know, bespoke shotguns that we've done previously, that, you know, £10,000 and up. Um, it's just giving, there's so many people in our shooting world and in our community 
that would love to do that, that just never would be able to. And, and that's what it is. It's giving them a chance, but it's giving them a frequent chance. You know, we're running two or three of these a week. Um, and yeah, it's been really, really well received. And I'm very grateful for, for everyone getting behind it. Very grateful. Didn't early on someone win two competitions, like quite early on? Yeah, yeah. Like ridiculous odds. Mark Lilly won a Parazzi MX-12, completely custom made to him. He went to, he got to choose the wood, the timber for it and everything. Um, and then three, three weeks later or so, I was doing a live draw and this number came up. We'll go on, go on the, uh, you know, the orders to see who, who's won it. And it said Mark Lilly. And I'm thinking, I'm live on Facebook thinking, oh my word, there must be, there's got to be another Mark Lilly. And lo, <laughs> lo and behold, I already had his mobile number saved in my phone because I've been trying to sort out his Parazzi. And he's won, um, I think it was a 300 bird day at Shargate. Um, oh. that, that was to go. Did he receive the gun in time? No, unfortunately not. No, no. Um, because it's uh, they take a while, don't they? The old Parazzi's, um, especially with yeah. Brexit and whatnot, I think's made a bit of an impact. But yeah, he had a date shark, um, the accommodation included, and some other bits and pieces. But yeah, just unbelievable. It was one of those things where, well, I worked, we worked out the odds or something. It was something like three hundred and sixty thousand to one of that happening. Um, <laughs> and he, yeah, he won twice. I mean, Amazing. he's entered the he's entered the wrong competition, really, hasn't he? He should be buying a lot Crazy. of lottery tickets that week. <laughs> I very nearly entered that competition for the Game Boy cartridges, and then I thought, mm, ten thousand cartridges is going to take up a yeah. lot of room in my very small London flat, and I'm not sure my wife's going to be thrilled with that. Just have a wall of cartridges. <laughs> yeah, I know. I always had that thing. That I I always thought the same, George. But actually, in person, they don't look. It's not as it's not as many as you think in person. Well, I don't know. It doesn't look that many on a pallet, anyway. I suppose when you take them off and you start unloading <laughs> them and filling your uh, dining room wall space with them, it probably does look quite a lot. But yeah, take me a while to shoot ten thousand. Put it that way. I feel like um, we've got a some a lot of similarities with you. We as in guns on pegs. Because, um, and I don't know, you, you you might dispute this, but, but when we launched, we were sort of met with a fair amount of suspicion and doubt because our concept was really new in the shooting world. The idea of guns on pegs back in 2007. Um, is it safe to say that the same applied when you launched last year? You know, competitions in shooting, this sort of stuff. Did, did you have critics? Yeah, I think I think everybody has a bit of a critic if you're launching an online sort of business. Um, you know, there's a few people now that are like, oh, I never knew about like this sort of concept. And it's like, all right, okay. Um, you know, before before Tweedle, there was a million uh, competition companies that mainly sort of give away cars and watches and uh, lumps of cash or holidays. Um, you know, there's a lot of them online. There was, there was a massive one that you used to see in terminal, air, you know, in the airport terminals. Um, yeah. There might, you know, where there was a car in the terminal and you buy a ticket. That, you know, it's the same. That's the same as what we're doing. It's the same concept. Um, but yeah, we definitely had a lot of people going, you know, and the negative comments on Facebook. Oh, don't enter that. It's probably a scam, and you know, it, you're bound to get it. I, I know that. But yeah, probably not as much as you guys because 
because the internet was new, new, wasn't it, in 2007? But yeah, um, but yeah, it's been on the whole very well received. So Sam, um, I want to ask. So you've already sort of slightly alluded to it, but you're obviously very passionate about shooting. Um, can I ask how you got into shooting in the first place? Was it like a family thing or? Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, my, I've grown up surrounded by shooting. My, my dad um, has shot for years uh, with his mates. And as I said earlier, my granddad used to shoot uh, not massive amounts, but he always used to go out with his brother and um, do a bit of you know goose shooting, a bit of wildfowling and the odd driven day. And yeah, I was just always obsessed with it. I remember, you know, from an early age, just wanting all the gear, you know, all the wax jackets, all the... Anything I could get my hold of, hold of that was re- remotely shooting related, I was happy. Um, and yeah, Dad um, was in a syndicate near home, and when I was about twelve, then took on the local syndicate with his friend uh, Kirk Wilkinson, um, who yeah, they they both now run Dolphin Home Shoot, which is just near the trough of Boland. Oh yeah. Um, if anyone's familiar with Lancashire, um, so yeah, it's a small-ish shoot, I'd say. Well, I say small. The, the average bag's probably two hundred, um, and you know, partridge, pheasant, bit of duck, um, and yeah, it's more of a sociable shoot than anything. But I was always just in the midst of all that every Saturday, go out and help and do as much as I can in in that world and. Yeah, I just love I love everything about it. I love I love the community. I love shooting in general. Yeah, um, yeah, that's really where it all started, I suppose. Two hundred as an average bag is uh, is actually quite large when he, when we look at national averages. But I know what you mean. <laughs> the reason I was saying it, um, you know, it's it, it's it's relatively small to what I'm currently doing is because I, I'm tend to booking days with the likes of Water Prairie and Brigands and. Um, you know all these big shoots that that for day you know to offer days on on um, Tweedle. So yeah, it's not small at all, is it? Two hundred. I've been on far smaller days. It was just yeah. So that's where yeah, it all no, stemmed from. I know what you mean. So it's funny actually because there's a shoot up in um, uh, not not a million miles from there. I don't know if it's still running actually. Bleasdale. I don't know if you know it, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great shoot. That uh, so that was a. Um, that was a place that my dad and my grandpa and I would usually get taken with them uh, very in a very lucky way uh, once a year before Guns on Peg started. And it was the first time that people from the area we grew up, um, uh, where we grew up in sort of Essex, Suffolk, uh, East Anglia, essentially, uh, started really traveling around, going to different shoots. And that's right at the start of the sort of Guns on Peg's history. Uh, and it just so happens it's down the road from the syndicate that you're involved in. Um, and it was kind of one of those things that gave us this invigoration to to really make a go of Guns on Pegs because we realised that there's so many more places that people hadn't been to and that you could go to because travelling just wasn't really the done thing, um, especially to awesome places like that. Yeah, no, it's very close to very close to our shoot is Bleasdale. Yeah, it's a good, good shoot. So, Sam, has um, running Tweedle changed the makeup of your shooting a bit? Are you now shooting in these... Uh, you know, exalted shoots, or are you comfortable with your syndicate place? And <laughs> no, not not at all. Um, no, not at all. Uh, I'm still 
yet to shoot on these big big shoots. Uh, whether it whether I'll be able to, hopefully. Um, but yeah, not at all. There is a day that we've actually managed to book a full day at Brigands, um, which on that day everybody will be everyone shooting will be a Tweedle winner. And I might just twist Crofty's arm to see if I can back gun. Yeah. That'll be about it. <laughs> you haven't got a hope back gunning there. You'll be even lower than everyone else. <laughs> I know, I know. So that is that going to be the first time you would have shot with competition winners and uh, a sort of Tweedle day then? Yes. Yeah. Obviously, last year was was COVID restricted. So this season we will um, be trying to go out with as many winners as possible. We've got a couple that are hopefully on the grouse, which yet to be fully confirmed. But if so, I'll be going with them, not to shoot with them, but just to get some content and, um, you know, some photographs with them. Um, there's a few days dotted about here and there where winners will be going, which I'll try and attend. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. That's what it's all about, you know, seeing seeing the winners experience their prizes and uh, being being there with them. So I think the the key the key question I've then got is so these winners are obviously super excited. You're sitting putting these competitions up at your computer, plugging them into your admin system, whatever you do. Which are the ones that you think you should be buying loads of tickets for yourself? The ones that you really wanted to win? Every single one of them. That that's that's where I get the <laughs> ideas from. It's it's all about what what I want to win, what I'd like to win, and um, definitely the Land Rover, massively the Land Rover. So. That was a huge one we did. So it was a 2014 Defender 90 for anyone that didn't that's listening and didn't see it. Um, it was in Keswick Green and it had only done 14,000 miles. Um, so we offered that as a prize. Uh, it was £19.99 a ticket, or you could take you could take the car or £35,000 cash, which obviously is well received to anybody. Um, that was a that was a massive one that I'd you know I'd love to be able to enter. Um, luckily for us, a twenty-two-year-old girl won that, um, and she decided to take the cash. And um, yeah, she's just got her first house deposit, and she's on her way to the property ladder. So that was amazing to be able to do that. That's quite a nice feeling. I just wonder whether it should be called Tweedler, not just Sam's bucket list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that. <laughs> So, Sam, as well as the shooting and the cartridges, you quite often have guns as prizes. Mm. Um, I think I know the answer to this already, but um, are you a bit of a, a gun nut? Do you get excited about shotguns or do you just want it to go bang? Um, I'd say I'm a bit in between. I'm not I'm not one of those that, you know, massively looks at what everyone else is shooting and clocks it and goes, oh, yeah, I can see why they're using that for that reason. But, uh, no, I like a nice gun. I'm, you know, I, I can appreciate a nice gun. And um, so, yeah, you know, like I said before, we've worked with Parazzi um, to do a Parazzi. We did a Kriegoff um, that was actually previously owned by Mark Windsor. Um, done a Blaser. We've done a few different bits. We've done a few, you know, nice brownings and miracles um yeah i like a nice gun and i know everybody likes to have a nice gun uh that's what it's all about really um but no i mean i'm i I can i'm one of those that'll happily be pick up any gun and shoot it i'm not a stickler for a for a posh one (laughs) i think the reason george asked 
asked this question yeah. is because he's absolutely in the group of the people who just want their gun to go bang. Yeah. Uh, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I've got a gun in mind that when I when I win the lottery or when my horse comes in at hundred to one that I'll that I'd like to yeah. have. But um, I don't get excited <laughs> about the the sort of technical side of it. Like I I, I don't yeah. really know what it all means what what side did you think i was in before i answered i would have said that the uh the competitions would have would have started getting you revved up for these guns and i i I don't know like i'm only talking from experience here being exposed to all this stuff all the time only changes your boundaries and just causes you all sorts of problems going forward (laughs) Uh, yeah i think if you're just a sort of consumer reading it in a magazine it's it's okay like (laughs) you're a bit too close to it at times yeah but actually i'll tell you what like Definitely, you're right. Definitely, in the last couple of years, I've become more interested in looking at shotguns, um, and that's nearly entirely because the gun that I currently have won't take steel. So I have started yeah. a new gun fund, and that is starting to make me look around and go, "Okay, well, this is kind of what I could get for my money." And oh, that's quite nice. Maybe I'll just save up a little bit longer and and get something a little bit fancier but yeah I, I i love the gun that i have and um i do have you know i'm i'm a side-by-side user and i'm always going to be so that's gonna um you know that has an i have opinions about guns but i've never been into the sort of yeah the technical yeah. side of it i guess is so so what's that bucket list gun then that are you are you, are you going to share that with us that one that you've got in your mind yeah i'd like a i mean yeah, you know, if if we're talking like money, no object, I'd like a Holland Holland Royal <laughs> side by side, deep um, scroll. Yeah, like they're yeah. sort of quite. I feel like that's what they're really known for. I and yeah. you know, I, I yeah, it's difficult though, isn't it? Because you've just done this awesome article I saw on the website uh, on Guns on Pegs with it shows like what what the genuine data of what everyone actually thinks about this. If money was no object. Who, go on, share who came out on top. Uh, I'm going to try and remember the top. So it was Purdy came out on top, then I think Holland and Holland, and then I think it was Beretta, uh, then Longthorn, and I can't remember who was five. The meteoric yeah. rise of Longthorn. I think it's awesome yeah. that they're up there. Because, I mean, they launched, at, they launched at the Game Fair in... Whew, not Really not long ago. I want to say like, no, I can't. I think I mean, I 2010. Know. Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I mean that's awesome um, that they're up there. But obviously the staple names and Beretta again, like a lot of people know Beretta for the for the obvious guns like the Silver Pigeons and things like that. But go into their gallery and go and have a look at the SO10s. They are unbelievable, like genuinely. Chris, you do like a gun, don't you? Well, does it sound? <laughs> yeah, it does a bit. <laughs> um, but I'm like you, though. I, I, I've got, uh, I've got an old Henry Atkin, an 1895 Henry Atkin. But it's been, it's had new barrels at some point. It's been restocked, all sorts, and it's number one of a pair. And the second, no one knows where it is, and it probably doesn't look anything like the number one anymore. But uh, so it takes, it can take steel. Uh, it can't take high performance steel. It can take standard steel. Um, and I'm I'm sort of umming and ahhing about what to do in the future because I love this thing like you, George. You know, I just want to keep it, and I can use steel with it. But I probably I probably need something else for the serious stuff. Probably need like something to be a bit 
better tooled up. But it'll be a real shame. You know, I want this thing to last forever, but it just does break a bit now. It's done a century plus, so it's doing well. The action has, yeah. I I caught I I found myself I was on the AYA I was on the ASI website, Edward King's uh, site, looking at AYAs earlier, and uh, I was looking at the AYA centenary, and I was like, oh, I probably can't afford that. Could I get like an AYA number two deluxe? And I was like, no, I can't afford that. And I was like, oh god, like this is where it's like looking at cars, isn't it? I'm like, I, my the amount of money I can spend on this just doesn't match your ambition. That's the thing, isn't it? When you get one of them in your mind, and it's just. A never-ending money pit, <laughs> but yeah, no. I, I've always had a, I've had a Beretta Silver Pigeon and a Browning Five Two Five for years, and they seem to do me well. Well, they will. They'll never stop working either. No, I will treat myself, but not just yet. <laughs> um. So, Sam, I wanted to ask. Like, obviously, you know, you've you say that that the the way you come up with the prizes are the things that you'd like to do. And and we've already mentioned that some of these prizes also include, um, you know, a, a day out with a famous name. So you must have met some pretty interesting people along the route of organising these prizes. Yeah. Who, are the, who are the most interesting people that you've met? Yeah, like I said to you before, I've been a consumer of shooting all my life. Uh, so to meet the likes of George Digweed, Dave Carey, um, you know, it's just amazing you know they are the pinnacle of of you know not them too specifically but there's a there's a number of people that are the pinnacle of what we do and you know George Digweed being now the 28 time world champion to have even his mobile number in my phone not that I ring him frequently but he's pretty cool um and uh uh yeah he's just a great bloke I met him at the West London shooting school where we did a prize there with uh, a winner, he got to bring two friends and they had a full day lesson with him and um, talk about cooler than cool, that bloke is the coolest bloke I've ever met in my life just massive cigar on you know, just just yeah, just what a legend um, and yeah I mean it's actually more recently led us to working with James Haskell which again, I'm a massive rugby fan um, so to be doing stuff with James is just incredible uh, he's actually a very, very keen shot. Um, and so that's what led us to working with him. We've got some prizes coming up with him as well. Um, and we're actually filming some content with him in a couple of weeks. So that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's just so good to be working with these people and being able to get a you know a really in-depth view on and see the side of shooting that not a lot of people, I suppose, get to see. It's It's a privilege. I get I get so excited hearing you say that because I'm in exactly the same boat as you, Sam. Uh, like the stuff that I find myself involved in as a result of work is just like stuff that you could never have dreamed of otherwise. And you find yourself in amazing places as a result of a connection of someone totally random that you got introduced to by someone else. And then all of a sudden you're like, how on earth did I find myself here? And it's oh, it's awesome. And I think, the, and actually, that's what's so sad. I'm thinking back, like last eighteen months, uh, you just haven't get to got to do as much of that, and I just can't wait for the world to pick back up and some of those situations to kick off again. Yeah, no, exactly. We've I've missed out on so much. Uh, like I say, with with shooters, with winners missing out on shoot days last year, etc. So yeah, I can't wait for 
everything just be back to normal. But I was just going to say as well, let's not forget um, Richard Cross because they don't get more famous than Cross to do it. He'd like to think so. <laughs> Top lad, deserves he, it. He'll love that. He'll absolutely love that. <laughs> so, Sam, um, I put some feelers out for questions on a WhatsApp group that I'm on. Uh, containing a number of people from the shooting world. I don't know if you know about this group. I think you've met a few of them. Uh, what, right. what what they really want to know is which of these prizes do you think would sell the most tickets? And each of them is on this group, okay? Right. So uh, <laughs> they... Uh, Who's in this group? Well, you're here in a second. So... Um, I want to know. I want to know in order what you think the most exciting uh, to the least exciting. Okay, so first prize: a day on the pigeons with Tom Payne. Yeah. A day on the salmon with Charlie Brownlow, who's a well-known sporting agent up in Scotland. So he knows what he's doing when it comes to salmon. A day testing the latest shuffle gear with Marcus Janssen, who is uh, brand director at Shuffle and Le Chameau. Um, yeah. Next one, a tour of Basque HQ at Marford Mill <laughs> with uh, with Will Potkinton, who's, who's editor of Shooting and Conservation. I think we stuck him in it there. We've given him a, a, a rather tricky prize to sell that one. Uh, and uh, the last prize um, is a bespoke shopping experience with self-acclaimed style icon and Shooting Times editor, Patrick Galbraith. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all sound pretty saucy. Uh, that that guy, you should you should see him dress. I honestly, he he thinks he is God's gift to style. Uh, what are we so talking? Is is it is it, a, is, it is it like a a mustard corduroy? Oh yeah, all the time. <laughs> you know, he matches things like uh, he he'll he'll wear like a sort of. He's the sort of guy that would turn up to a wedding in, in a morning suit with camouflage crocs. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. I love a camouflage croc. <laughs> Have you got adventure crocs with the little heel uh, heel strap? What are they? Oh, You can put them into four-wheel drive, can't you? You just need to flip them back. If you flip the strap back, then you're into, then you're into off-road. What, what? If you've not got a pair of Crocs, anybody listening, if you've not got a pair of Crocs, you haven't lived. They are the comfiest thing in the world. I actually, on Sunday morning at the game fair, I proceeded the morning in my Crocs on the stand until I, I got I got to about the third comment and I thought, oh God, I've got to take them off. But I'd spent, I'd spent so much time in my boat shoes and Chelsea boots that my feet were just in fit. Yeah. I needed some Croc comfort. <laughs> But no, the, the the public didn't take kindly so, to them. So the question, what what you needed to ask is how many of those people giving you comments also owned a pair of Crocs? Because I feel like people who comment on them also own them. Thing is, I've resisted all this time. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, they do. They always do. So it's like a defense mechanism. But no, right. Those those prizes all sound very very. I don't, I, how do I pick? I don't. I think I'm going to need a hand, George. What do you well, think? Well, I mean, we know that people love a bit of pigeon shooting, so I think probably. I mean, I was wondering, like, how do you test shuffle gear? Do you just wear it and then Marcus sprays you with a hose pipe? Is that how it works? <laughs> I think I think that's exactly what Marcus had in mind. Exactly, I'll just stand there spraying you with a hose pipe. Yeah, so that's going... he has a beer. <laughs> Suppose you could. Um... You could get the new fly fishing gear and go to an Olympic swimming pool and jump on a dive board and see if you're dry. Yeah, so I think that one's going at the bottom. 
Do you think it'd be more interesting to walk around Bass HQ on a Monday morning uh, with Will introducing you? Actually, I suppose that's quite interesting, providing you get to ask questions with every member of staff. But just a sort of general observation around Bass HQ is not exactly like a day in the pigeon hide, is it? No. Unless, hold on, unless Ian Bell meets you at the front door with some of his sheep dip, like he seems to do, because he's obviously a good lad like that. I think a, 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 tour, a tour of Basque HQ with Ian Bell meets you at the front door with a beer, and then you have to do a beer in every department you go into. That, that would maybe that would make it slightly more interesting. Yeah, probably not a Monday morning one, that. <laughs> yeah. What, what would make it more interesting is if they hosted a Lemonses at Basque HQ Mid grouse day, that would probably be the only time I'd I'd put up a surprise. <laughs> that that assumes that you've got to have a bit of grouse shooting in Wales, and um, if you follow a few GWCT reports, you'll you'll know that yeah. that's a bit of a thorny issue uh, uh, over the years. <laughs> so yeah. it's unlikely to happen. Right, <laughs> shuffle gear and a tour of Marford Mill are obviously uh, they're not high up the list. So the question really is. A, a day on the pigeons no. with Tom Payne, a day on the salmon with Charlie Brown, no, a shopping experience with Patrick Galbraith. I mean, what's selling more tickets? Um, it's a toss-up between the salmon and the pigeons. So can we have... Patrick's t- going to be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no. Based based on... I don't know, Patrick. So based on your description of uh, mustard corduroy and camouflage crocs, I don't think any of my customers deserve that. Um <laughs> so, so it's a day on the pigeons or 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 a day on the salmon for me, hundred percent. Right. So, Sam, we've trailed this in the previous episode, and uh, I trailed it at the beginning of the podcast as well. Um, we've been talking about imaginary prizes, um, but we've got a pretty exciting announcement to make, have we not? So um, would you like to, to do the honours and, and tell people about what we've been working on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a while ago now, it must be a couple of months ago, I, I, I got in touch with you, yourself, Chris, didn't I? And I mentioned about us hosting a competition alongside you uh, with Guns on Pegs. Mm. Um, and it's taken till this point to get it get it off up and running. So... Yeah, we're, we're launching a competition, which I believe by the time you guys will be listening to this, will be live, um, which is a, f- yeah, it's the first one where there'll be multiple winners. Um, so every every winner down to the 75th runner-up, so the 75 winners will all receive a Guns on Pegs premium membership. Um and then the second prize is 5,000 game cartridges from just cartridges. So the winner who gets the second prize uh, gets to choose which cartridges they want of 5,000 up to a 32-gram 5. And then the first prize is a day with William Powell, which is for six guns on a 35-50 to 50 bag a walked-up day in Scotland on one of their estates with accommodation included, um, all-inclusive, dinner, bed and breakfast, the full shebang, um, and the winner gets to invite, as I say, five guests to go on that. So that's live on Tweedle.com right now. Uh, Tickets will be £10 or £9.99. And yeah, get involved. It's a hell of a prize. Yeah, so I'll make sure that we put a, a link to the competition in the description of the podcast. And um, yeah, I mean, what I think is great about this competition is 
that it's a prize that you can take your mates on. Like a, it's basically a full team, right, for a walked up day. And, you know, we talk all the time here at Guns on Pegs about how shooting's about days out with your mates. And I think it's really cool that yeah. people are going to be able to to take the whole day with their mates. I think that's really Yeah, exciting. absolutely. This is the equivalent of one person winning a peg on a 300 birthday. Uh, actually, it's probably bigger than that. Um, so the 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 point here is that that at the with, with five mates accommodation the night before goes back to the, the shooting weekend episode we did with George Shure. It's going to be a lot of fun, and you get to you get to send out that invite to your mates in a text or an email, literally just inviting them, knowing that it's costing you nothing. It costs you a tenner. And that's going to be such a good feeling. And think, obviously, you're then going to get return invites from them in future years. That's what we thought was really cool about this prize. So, uh, are we allowed to enter? Definitely oh. not. No, <laughs> um, no, yeah, no. It's a cracking prize, and um, we, you know, we, we've done a few before where you know uh, somebody gets to invite a friend, um, but but we've never done it where there's five invites. So yeah. You know, just imagine being able to, like Chris has just said, the the invites you'll get back off your five mates that you've managed to take up to Scotland with accommodation and everything for a tenner. Um, no, it's it's an epic prize. So this this is this this um, shoot actually takes on uh, takes place at, at the uh, the Finesse Estate uh, up in Scotland, twenty two thousand acres of the Cairngorm National Park, um, and it's essentially on the low ground shoot, which is adjacent to the grouse moor but it goes all the way down to the, the banks of the river spey itself so that the yeah the scenery out there is going to be absolutely amazing uh proper place for a getaway with your mates yeah and, and I, actually i was shooting with um with ollie from william powell on a sim day a month or so ago and we were talking about this place and it just sounds like the most fantastic place to go. I mean, even if you weren't shooting, it would be an amazing place to go. But yeah, it just sounds spectacular. The photographs, the photographs are unbelievable, aren't they? Um, yeah, and they're on the web, they're on the website on the advert as well, so you can all go and take a look at it. It's just to die for. But yeah, that's the ultimate prize, and that'll be the prize number one that we draw uh, on the live draw. And then, as I say, there'll be seventy-five runners up. Uh, which is so it makes your odds of winning some something amazing. So we're not going to have to watch you uh, draw seventy five names, are we, Sam? Because that'd be quite a long dull video. <laughs> it would be, wouldn't it? I'd have to get some sort of dance dancer in the corner to entertain you all. Um, no, I'm not sure how. I've not sort of I've not worked that out yet. How I'm just going to do that? I might have to might have to come and do it in the Guns on Pegs office. Have to Should do we do it in the pub? In the Guns on Pegs office. With... I, oh, I think we do it word. in the pub. Now we're talking. Get, get, get the train down to London. <laughs> meet, meet us in the pub uh, and, and we'll do 75 random number generators. We'll do it in the pub. Uh, beginning of September at some point. I'm keen for that. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the reason we've done 75 as well is so our premium membership is £75. So even like up to 75 prizes uh, for only a tenner. Uh, so you, you're winning all the way, really. Uh, I think this is a good one. I'm yeah, excited. I mean, and what what does a premium member get, chaps? Well, I think the actual question is, what don't they get? Oh, very good. <laughs> very, very good question. Uh, so, um, basically, premium membership is all about getting the best deals. Uh, so, you get discounted days to your inbox. You get use of our peg match service, which essentially is like 
this is like one of the coolest things we ever developed. It's, if you're organizing uh, a day for yourself or for a team syndicate, it's actually awesome if you're organizing a syndicate. It allows you to contact all these shoots that aren't necessarily public on the website, uh, uh, and they get then they basically get back to you. So instead of you having to do all the searching yourself, so PegMatch is really awesome part of premium membership. Uh, you can also read the magazines in there: Shooting Times, Field Sports Journal, The Field, Gun Dog Journal. Uh, those are all in there the, in the digital versions. You can get early bird access. I mean, I'm going on, on, on. It's all about the best deals. It's awesome. Yeah, it's really Love cool. It. It's really cool. Right, so we'll make sure that there's a link to the uh, competition in the description of the podcast so that you can go and find it. Um, it is really cool. We're all really excited about it in the office um, and you guys should be too. Um, so Sam, I think that's a really nice place to round everything off. But as you know, we finish every episode by asking our guests to describe their desert island shooting. It's like one last imaginary day shooting Money's no object. Logistics don't matter. So we want to know where you're going, what you're going to be doing, who you're taking with you. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Just don't be as noxious, as obnoxious as Crofty on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a big question, isn't it? And ever since you sent through the notes of what we were going to be covering, I have been trying to think about this in between juggling another few jobs. But I mean, as I mentioned before, um, Dolphin Home Shoot, which my dad runs, would be the call, you know, definitely the the starting point where everyone would gather in the morning, have a have a sort of breakfast breakfast bar more and a bit of champagne with slow gin. Um we'd do a couple of drives there. We'll probably do Melswood, which is um just off like Harris End Fell, which means nothing to you I know, but there's some nice pheasants come come through a woodland there, which is a lovely drive. And then um um Probably should mention who's coming, shouldn't I? Dad would definitely be there. A um, couple of friends from school. Um, and then you boys might even wangle yourself an invite. Crofty, maybe, just to, you know, mix it up. Uh, he's, getting a few, he's getting a few too many mentions, actually, isn't he? Yeah, we'll, we'll have to cut them out. Um, and then we'd have you just have to, wouldn't you? I'm trying not to be obnoxious, but you'd have to jump in a helicopter and... To go straight to the Grouse Mall and do at least two drives, come back to Dolphin Home Shoot, do a, do a duck flight because that is what has stuck with me and I've been doing for years and years. A duck flight in the in the woodlands there. There's a few little splashes we'd all get underneath, and then head to the Inn at Whitewell, which is a pub right in the Trough of Boland, uh, where every shooter and his dog sort of. It always ends up um, every night of the week in the shoot season. There's always a team of guns in there, and the, the atmosphere is awesome. Um, so yeah, that is what I'd do. I think that sounds amazing. Uh, I mean, I, you instantly get brownie points because in what are we now? Twenty-seven episodes. I don't think anybody suggested that we might get an invitation. I think Chris was involved in uh, Crofty's day as a loader. <laughs> Uh, so, um, so yeah, I mean, instant brownie points. Well, they are, chaps, they are. So I thought, uh, oh, good, we've got we've got another nostalgic one here going down the sort of family route. You know, basically, <laughs> my last day would be one that I could do any Saturday type thing, which are, which are always lovely. But then you sort of dropped in the helicopters of the grouse mall. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, yeah, it's, it's, it's a proper proper desert island shooting. But you yeah. finish back at the little shoot. <laughs> 
No, it sounds like a good day. Great. Right. Well, Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been really interesting. Really super excited about this competition as well. Um, I hope that everybody listening has enjoyed the chat and finding out a bit more about you and Tweedle and, and how that's all come about. Um, Chris, anything to add? No, all good. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, pictures of Sam drawing a prize on social media in his podcast garters. That's all. Hey, that's a point. I forgot about that. I can't <laughs> wait to receive those. Can I wear them on my head, round my head? You can do what you like with them. It just requires me getting uh, getting good at admin and actually getting them in the post. So I must I must apologise to listeners from previous episodes that haven't had those yet. I I'm, I'm just very busy. So, uh, but anyway, it's on my list, my to do list for tomorrow. So. No, chaps, thank you, thank you very very much for having me. Um, as I said, it's I was you know privileged privileged to be asked, and I appreciate it very very much. And as George says, the competition is live on the website right now, tweedle.com. So if you're listening, head over and grab a ticket. Who knows, you could be shooting with five of your buddies for a £10 ticket. Very, very professional. Um, Great, Sam, it's been wonderful. Um, So everyone, before we go, as usual, there's a final reminder that you can get your hands on a pair of the aforementioned Guns on Pegs podcast shooting sock garters by sending us your shooting dilemmas to resolve letting us know where you've been listening from or uh, by sending us your unpopular opinions, drop us an email to pod at gunsonpegs.com. And if we use it out on the next episode or any future episodes, uh, we'll get your garters in the post eventually. Don't forget to go and get your tickets to the competition. And again, finally, just a a huge thanks to anybody who's left a review or a rating after the the previous episodes. It helps us to reach more people and it makes us feel nice. Uh, So if you haven't done that yet, do go and do that, please. Uh, or just subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. But until then, thanks very much for listening and goodbye.